everybody. Welcome back to Symposia Disney. Today we're going to be talking princesses. I know, that is so weird. Who would ever talk about Disney and princesses? But we are super excited. So again, this is Elizabeth here for Symposia Disney. Nice to talk to you all. I'm Liza. I am so excited to talk about princesses. And I'm Danica, and I'm also very excited, as are my uh, kids when they learned about the topic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't even talk to my kids about the topic. I talked to my husband about the topic. (laughs) I don't know. Danica's like much more, more on the ball. She's like, let me get my kids feedback. And I'm like, why would I talk to them? (laughs) i'm gonna gonna go find my husband (laughs) what are our thoughts on disney princesses i told olivia we're talking about princesses and she was like you mean are you gonna talk about me (laughs) i was like yes (laughs) you're my princess oh (laughs) well could we uh talk about does anybody have any disney gear with them this morning oh so I, okay, I already said I didn't, but just going to do my little shout out for She Podcast, which is a really cool Facebook group, but also show that's all about empowering women who podcast. So I'm wearing my She Podcast t-shirt from the inaugural convention here in Atlanta. Oh my God, I just gave away that it's here in Atlanta. Maybe I'll edit that out. We'll see. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Somebody else. Well, I have um, my, uh, my uh, refillable mug. Which um, I'm always, I have, I have a lot <laughs> now and uh, because we always get the Disney dining plan. But um, one of the things that we, when I'm looking at guests going in late April is that with no Disney dining plan, do we do the refillable mugs? And since we will be there for like eight days, I think it will be cheaper in the end. I would love it if Disney did like something where we could get like a QR mm-hmm. sticker and just, you know, reuse our re- refillable mugs and not necessarily get new ones. And then I got my my cool Disney sweatshirt on. Nice. Which is retro. Yeah. And it was Disney. one of my purchases that I made yeah. where then I had them ship it to my room and it always feels so like <laughs> and they, they like put like a little like I got like a little note from a cast member yeah. in there. It was just like, have a, you know, have a magical day. But Disney, I really like Danica's idea of the whole QR code and we could be tied to the app and we could like re up like for whatever when we go on vacation so we can reuse plastic. So Disney, talk to Danica about consulting for that because that's brilliant. <laughs> Yes. Okay. I think it's a really Liza? good idea. <laughs> it is. It's brilliant. But I also have my cup. <laughs> yep. Nice. I'm so excited. And I don't have any other gear on, but that but I made sure to bring my cup. My daughter thinks she's like the topic of conversation. So I guess I did a good job. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's good. Fine. She's a princess. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a really good like sort of segue because I was I was thinking about yesterday on my walk. I guess I haven't been outside in a couple of days. Whatever last time I walked was um, thinking about like how I think for our for our generation, right? You know, we that was before you could watch. We didn't watch like maybe you'd watch Cinderella once a year on TV, and it would be a like a major event, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to think about 
as opposed to our kids, where they're just sort of inundated in all of these sort of multi-media, multi-level marketing sort of uh, systems was much different for us. But at the same time, right, I really grew up with this sort of knowledge and self-awareness and self-identification with princesses. And I think that that's really like interesting. And I think about and sort of really thinking about in terms of my daughters as well, right? Like when I, you know, when I thought like that I was Cinderella, I'm sure I hadn't seen the movie. Right. Like I, you know, and I didn't have anything that was even, you know, I might've had like a, like a skirt or probably Mm -hmm. tied a sheet around my waist and like like, twirling or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, you know, look like, you know, obviously the, Cinderella, Snow White are usually problematic films, mm-hmm. but of course we have very little female-driven narratives that in the in the popular media growing up. I think probably yeah. we all grew up with very strong female women, female right. women. <laughs> you know, right. you know figures, yeah, figures, mm-hmm. and necessarily looking for narratives of stories to I- identify. Whatever sort of play acting I was doing, it was it was never passive. I think mm-hmm. in the way that sort of what we problematize it as. Right. But so when I was little, I, you know, I was really consciously like really into Cinderella. Yeah. I don't remember being super into Snow White. I think that was always a little bit creepier. Mm-hmm. Um, Scary. Yeah. yeah. I don't, uh, how about you guys? What, what, do you remember having this sort of play or? Well, I distinctly remember um, in my house I grew up in, we had a little deck and then on, b- behind the deck, we had a little patio and that was where my grandmother lived. We lived in a mother daughter home and we had my grandparents downstairs. And so their back, their entrance to their house was this little patio in our backyard. And um, I distinctly remember me and my sisters with our brooms sweeping that patio, you know, and really being fully in 100% Cinderella mode where we were sweeping and doing our chores and sweeping up the back patio and, and imagining, you know, the oppression right. on us, you know, I, I mean, I don't think I obviously didn't put it in those terms, but there was some, you know, that, that overhanging knowledge that we were doing this and there was something that we were aspiring to in this act of cleaning. We were dreaming and then there was always some, I guess, I don't know, like event or something that we were, you know, trying to break, break free of the, like, I mean, I wanted, I, it's oppression. Like that's what it was. I didn't know it then, but like the game was that we had to like escape. Right. The struggle. And, yes. Yeah. You know, and we're dead and yeah. And then we'd play. We'd we'd have our little pile of dust or whatever that we swept off the patio, and then we'd imagine our dress, you know, and we'd fashion design it in our minds, and then we'd and we'd arrive somewhere and we'd make our splash, and um, it was it was really about this like imagination, this like imaginative act of of arrival, you know. So, oh yes, it's it's crazy. I and and we were like little and we had never seen the movie mm-hmm. yes. we'd listened you know as I, I mentioned we'd listened to the record and read the book and seen the images of it and then I don't think we saw it until we were like 10 maybe mm-hmm. but yeah that is so it's so interesting to know that we kind of all had that thing as that experience as kids 
-hmm. Probably pretty similar in many ways, like just that awareness, but they were all in the Disney vault, right? So we we didn't Mm -hmm. have opportunities to see those movies. I think maybe Snow White was re-released when we were smallish. Yes, I saw that in the movies. Okay, so I think I was taken because that was my grandfather's favorite like Disney film. And it was largely because he liked Snow White's voice because it reminded him of my grandmother's singing voice. Yeah, so Snow White was like my Grandpa Bill's favorite Disney movie. So when it came out, my mom like took us all because that was like a thing. But I and I had I had a Snow White dress from Disney World that you have to picture. So for the people who are not listening, I was this incredibly pale Irish American kid with crazy giant curly red hair walking around in my Snow White dress. Like, what? What? This is obviously how this outfit goes, which is probably what people think when they see my youngest in her, like, Elsa dress. But the other thing, I didn't really... So I have a lot of older brothers, and they were also very into, like, acting out things and writing things. And so I didn't do a lot of acting out Disney princess things. And not because they didn't like princesses, because they were totally into Disney, and they did drama. Like, but... I had, um, like, I used to have imaginary friends, right, when I was small. And I remember being six years old. My imaginary friends, and I can use these now for a Disney example and a Disney princess, were um, Luke, Leia, and Han Solo. Ah. And and I hated Leia because I wanted Luke and Han to like me best. (laughs) So in in my imagination... I mean, I would actually do like running races, but in my imagination, I was running against Leia and I always beat her. So they would like me best (laughs) because I was obviously way more active and cooler than Princess Leia was. So sorry, uh, General (laughs) Organa, on that whole thing. (laughs) Because when when I was six, I did not think you were that impressive. You really grew into your own. But yeah, so like from a Disney princess thing, because my brothers were super... Like, we're just really into movies, but they were also super into Star Wars and all of those things. So I probably saw those movies, like, at home before I saw a lot of Disney movies. Like, I think maybe the first Disney movie I remember seeing in the theaters, I'm trying to remember if it was Beauty or the Beast or Aladdin that came out, other than, you know, when I went to see Snow White. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so my um, my Disney printa- princess imaginative things were trying to take on Leia and show her that I was more hardcore or show Luke and Han that I was more, way more hardcore than Leia ever was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Little, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't want to make a, did I already talked about Tia? Have we already talked about this? No, yes. we haven't talked about Tia. No. no okay. Yeah. So I would say like, cause that, you know, return to uh witch mountain, mm. escape to witch mountain. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Escape to witch mountain. The original was like, that was on TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I really, and like, I search about once a year for, to get my own star case. <laughs> and um, <laughs> like sometimes you'll see them on Etsy, but they're very mm-hmm. expensive. But I remember like really identifying with her, you know, because because you get all the oppression. She's like a weird ass orphan. Right. Magical. <laughs> yes. And mm-hmm. she's the she's the more magical one than mm-hmm. her brother. He's just kind of I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> and then he got the, I don't know. But I that was I remember like really wanting to be in that mm-hmm. movie. Pretty yeah. Cool. This is sort of, I could segue this because we had VHS. So my mom used to tape everything mm-hmm. uh, and then we'd watch it, you know, from HBO or Disney channel or whatever. And then we'd have the VHS that we would tape that we put in the VCR. And one of the 
movies that I loved was Teen Witch. (gasps) I distinctly remember talking to my mom about that, about it being like a Cinderella story and how it was so prevalent in my mind of all the different variations or adaptations or archetypal like Cinderella stories that were out there. And so that was like a theme that my mom, I guess, you know, saw that I was making these connections as a little kid and, and looking at, you know, either like, you know, rags to riches kinds of stories or, you know, just sort of those arcs, those story arcs where someone would be a little bit like homely or plain or uh, meek or, you know, sort of shy and then find a way to transform. And I was always drawn to those stories, like always. And I always was very conscious that it was a retelling of Cinderella in a, mm-hmm. in a way, or that's what I thought anyway. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's legit, or, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so that was always something that I, I always sort of had that foundation as, as Cinderella was a, a starting point for me. Mm-hmm. And so I actually wrote in graduate school, one of my capstone, like creative writing projects was called the red and silver shoes. And it was my own retelling of Cinderella. So I finally got to, as an adult, re- rewrite it for me, the way that I envisioned it in, in mod- like a modern times. So I don't know what it is I have. And I have my glass slipper necklace. Like I've always had, I've always been drawn to that story and all the versions of it, like ever after with Drew Barrymore. Like, Mm. I love that one because it really turns it up on its head a little bit and reverses the like agency. But I also remember thinking as a kid, I used, I, I saw Sleeping Beauty at one point when it came out of the vault. And I remember telling my grandmother and my mom, like, she is boring. She's a little boring. She's beautiful, but she's a little boring. And I was much more interested in Maleficent in that movie. Like I thought she was amazing. So that was my first, I I guess my first um, identification more with the, with the villain Mm -hmm. in that one. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I I was Maleficent uh, for Halloween in second grade. My mom made me a Maleficent costume. Wow. So Yeah, I'm wondering if that's like about the time that it came out. So or like maybe it was released when I was in first or second grade. And so I was like, hot dame, I got to go with that one. I think the the retellings of her story are fascinating, too. I mean, I Mm -hmm. love the movies with Angelina Jolie, but I love I don't know why with that that character. I, I guess I just was always pretty fascinated with fairy tales and what was like underneath them. Mm hmm. You know, and it was. I was very aware of that as mm-hmm. a kid. And I think that played out in my games as a, in the backyard. Like, I think it played out like there's more going on in here. And I think this is kind of what you were alluding to, Danica. Like there wasn't, it wasn't like the, the, the thing I was playing out wasn't like waiting for the Duke to come to try on my shoe. You know, it was much more active than that. Well, and I think, cause like goods, stories are just like world building right yeah and yes. so we're just like participate or not good story, yes. but like fantasy stories like one of the what's so attractive about them because nobody like really likes harry potter that much the character. <laughs> no but we no. like Hogwarts. 
Right. Yes. Yes. Right. Um, yes. And um, yeah, that's that's facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that, but I also and I think. Um, one of the things I was thinking about uh, again, like on my walk is how, and this is speaking so much to it. I find it really interesting what you guys are saying, like how really then what develops into sort of the, you know, like the, what the 12 princesses or princess culture Mm -hmm. and stuff are really so outside of, I think how we would stereotypically define princesses, you know, like Ariel definitely is a princess and becomes another type of princess and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, Belle is at no point actually a princess. Right? That's right. That's like, right. She doesn't right. become yeah. a princess. Mm-hmm. She's not a princess. She's um, she definitely she marries wealthy, which <laughs> is also right. a laudable goal. But right. Oh my God! Is yeah. is Belle like the whole Jane Austen story? Is that what Belle is? <laughs> in my head i'm like about her right um and you know the wacky dad (laughs) i cannot believe that i've never heard that comparison before i can't believe it i well it didn't occur to me until you were like she marries very well and i'm like oh my god yes (laughs) yeah no it makes complete sense now the other day my uh, my oldest daughter wrote a scathing letter to to Disney about their need for expanding um, the princess canon and who's a princess and these kind of mm-hmm. things. I love Audrey. And which really made me like, I know this morning I went to was like, well, happy President's Day, the day we pretend that our presidents are an embarrassment. You're winning, Danica. <laughs> Just want some Cheerios? Like, <laughs> what to do? But but thinking about but really like how like whatever sort of idea and category uh, in many ways I think what we relate to and why they are so popular is because they've constantly been undermining that expectation right yeah. and um, yeah. and even you know because then we're going to have right this huge leap between the sort of old princess movies and suddenly the Little Mermaid is going to be on the scene. Um, mm-hmm which is going to change everything, right? Yes. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I saw that movie in the theater or not, but it certainly, once I saw it, I think I saw it every day. Yes. <laughs> in my, yes. like, I think I was in high mm-hmm. school or maybe middle school, but my sister mm-hmm. would have been like six or seven. Yes. And that movie, like, you know, defined yeah. her. Yeah. Like changed yes. her life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was big for our lives too. And yeah. when I say our, meaning my sisters and, and I, it was huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I re- I did see it in the theater, I believe, and um, I remember it just being, I, you know, it was the songs, it was the agency, it was just like all you know, knowing this finally is princess that like we got to hear her thoughts. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, you did a little bit with Cinderella when she's talking about the dream as a wish, and she sings that song. I always used to sing that, but after that's song she doesn't really get to say all that much but ariel just you know you know everything about her you know obviously she's imperfect in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. also making imperfect choices yeah Mm -hmm. you know the most relatable feminist thing in the world (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly yeah i definitely saw that in the theaters and i remember I wrote down some quotes from it in like this little flower journal I have. 
So it was like, but it was like quotes like where Sebastian's like teenagers, give them an inch and they'll swim all over you and stuff like that (laughs) in my journal. So looking back, I guess I just thought it was really clever, but it was right. The music is great. This is, I'm just going to throw a shout out. So for those who don't know, which might be a lot of you, I do also produce another podcast that's a history podcast. And we actually did a series called footnoting Disney last year. And one of my podcasters, Leslie, did it on The Little Mermaid. It also, I she starts at this, yeah, well, but she starts the same way, right? Where she's like, I watched it every day. I would go swim in the pool, come out of the pool, watch it, go back in the pool, swim, come out, watch it. And she actually, she wanted to do the episode because she's like, I need to kind of figure out a way to like reclaim this story. I do think that that movie has become really defining for us. I have another backyard memory where we we had like a little above ground pool that I grew up with. And it was actually, since I grew up in the house that my mother grew up in and my grandparents were with us and it was the same pool. (laughs) My mom used to swim in. I think they maybe upgraded the pool, but it was in that same spot. I felt like very like there was some generational, you know, story being told when I was, I had a lot going on in my head, as you can see. I remember that summer or the summer that um, we had had that on repeat. So maybe we were 10 or something and we were in the pool swimming. And I just remember singing on like earworm in my head, like bright young Mm -hmm. women, sick of swimming, ready to stand. And I just used to like sing it all the time to the point where like my brother used to throw things at me. Like stop singing (laughs) that line. You're so annoying. And I'm like, but God, it like made me cry. You know, it just was so moving to me. And I don't know. I just like the whole thing of, of being I don't know that I just remember it distinctly. And I also remember Belle being huge for me. And I actually guess I never really thought about it, that she's not actually, she's in the princess canon, but she's not a princess, but maybe, but that's why I liked her. Right. She's just a girl who loved to read Mm -hmm. like me, you know, you have to tell that story, Danica. So I haven't told the story for the podcast. No, but it's my favorite thing. It's such a defining story for me. So my first time at Epcot, it was my birthday and it was our honeymoon. And my husband had got us a princess dinner. And I didn't even know like princess dinners were, I didn't know that was a thing. Like we got to Disney World and I like opened the brochure. This was like not pre-internet, but definitely like pre-Facebook or something. Yes. I don't know. Like it wasn't, you know, I didn't know anything. And I was like, oh my God, I have to have dinner with the princesses. And he like got me, got me there. And like, it was like an 815 reservation. It was like one of the last ones at Akershus. And we had been drinking around the world and I walk in and there's Belle and I just give her like this big boozy hug. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I love reading too. (laughs) Just sort of crying a little bit (laughs) like just felt it so so much at that moment uh in a way that I don't know if I felt (laughs) or before (laughs) that is like I will never not smile at that story and it is so funny that that she's just standing there when you walk into the (laughs) hall (laughs) Get the photo. I don't even think Alex was in the photo. Like, I don't know, like the two of us with the books. 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that that part in graduate school. <laughs> 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 the part that I used to act out with Belle all the time was when she's running on the hill and she's saying there must be more, you know, mm-hmm. like but Elizabeth, I know you have a, a whole thing on Belle, a whole theory, okay. a whole well, rant. No, I mean, not I, a rant. Okay. So I don't want to like destroy this for people. <laughs> I'm, okay. So if you, if you really like Belle and if you're like, I can't stand people like complaining about Belle or Beauty and the Beast anymore, you probably, I don't know, like want to start skipping. I hit the thing that goes like 30 seconds ahead. I just have a big problem because it's the whole thing is like, oh, look, love can change this abuse, like this physically and verbally and emotionally abusive <laughs> guy in like the space of a week. A person who, as far as we know, I mean, there's the whole thing like, when was he cursed? Was he 10? Like, we don't even know. There's I know, the Reddit, math. Right? Like, just the go math to Reddit. doesn't work. He, he has always been like very selfish maybe narcissist. I don't want to like get into diagnosing him, but I mean, he definitely had problems. And then all of a sudden he's like, Oh, I met Belle and everything's fine. And Belle, who was like, I can't wait to see the world. Like Mary's the first guy she meets. Who's not Gaston. And maybe they go and travel after, but we don't get that. So I remember even like when the movie came out being really unsatisfied because I have always wanted to travel a lot. And do all of these things. So when she was all like, I want to see the world. I want to do this. I want to do that. I was like, yeah. And then she married the beast. And I was like, what? <laughs> like the movie lost me. I'm like, I don't get it. How did this happen here? Well, I don't know. You- I'm also the same person who was competing with Leia. Like maybe <laughs> I am not the target audience for a lot of these things. But I was like, why? No, when you, you, when like- you say that, it, it does kind of resonate with me. Like I want Belle to have adventures. I was like, oh my God. Like they could have like done like a, I mean now, but like, you know, at the end of up and stuff where they like have a little montage thing of all the things that like Kevin and the old man or, and Doug. And I can't remember the little boy's name. Kevin is the bird, right? I thought Kevin was the boy for a second. The little boy who hangs out with the old man and up. And they have all those photos of the things that they like do after that could have been at the end of Beauty and the Beast where it could have been like, look at them and like outside Buckingham Palace. Like, I don't know. I had a student once who was really offended that I did not like this. And she literally wrote up like whole pages of why I should like Beauty and the Beast. And I was like, I am just, I am just never going to like this. I mean, I watch it. The music is stunning. Right. You know, I, I liked in the live action where they made it like the local priest has a library. Cause I was like, that historically makes more sense than there's a random bookshop in this town. <laughs> so I was literally like, yes, yes, I feel that. Have I used it in class to help define the word provincial for my students? Yes, I have. In fact, we did that about the populist party just this past week. And so here we are, right? Because we were reading a secondary source and the populist party was referred to as provincial. And I'm like, come on, everybody. We know the song. What does Bell mean? Is it positive or negative? That that movie, there's... I think I can basically... I can hang with a lot of the princesses, but for whatever reason that one like hurts me like on a deep level because she didn't get to do as far as we know, she didn't get to do all the things she wanted to do. And in my head for whatever reason, like you were saying, Danica, that we can do world building. I can't world build that she ever got to do anything. Like for some reason she married this abusive guy and I'm like, that's it. Well, cause she's just so much better than Adam. Oh my God. Totally. I mean, I don't know. He just never won me over. Although I guess, I did think it, 
I mean, I guess in something there, there's, there is something there. Like, I don't know. Like I, I kind of bought into that song and that transformation, but I do think at the time, you know, got nominated for best picture. Like it was definitely, it was definitely, um, shook things up. But so now I feel like this is kind of a good segue to say like, has, has the newer, have the newer ones that aren't like the ending in marriage, sort of like the, you know, that heteronormative sort of like, this is the ultimate prize is that you get married to, Mm -hmm. has that, has that like sat any better with you? Like Frozen, um, Moana, like are those breaking into the right direction? Is it a new, is it a new direction? Is it breaking ground for Disney? What do we think? I mean, so I'll, I'll go first since I just had my diatribe. So I think we would also put Brave into that, right? With Merida. Yes, yes. Because she does. 100%. So, yeah. So, um, and actually my husband was like, are you going to say Merida is your favorite? And I'm like, well, but the the movie is dark. And I don't mean like the storyline, although it kind of is. I literally mean that it's like the scene, the, the paint, it's very dark. And I have like low light vision at times. So I'm like, I, it's, it bothers me on that level. But I do like, like the story. She's absolutely the most beautiful princess. Oh my God. Like a hundred percent. So, so also... My youngest looks a lot like Merida. Every time we go to Disney, I'm like, so now we have to go and get a picture. Well, my oldest has stick straight hair, which my youngest wishes she had because she wants to look like Elsa. Like that is my youngest is like, why don't I have blonde hair? Long, blonde, straight hair. But then she's only let me blow it straight once, which she asked. And then she was like, this hurts. And I'm like, yeah. So maybe that's why we don't do it. (laughs) I mean, that's why we just have curly hair and we live our lives. I am happy that they've gone that route. I did have a problem with uh, Moana for a bit because I don't know when, when Moana came out. I didn't see it in the theaters, right? Because I stopped being able to see it. I'm, I'm like already it. offended. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, I have to explain what the problem was. I'm watching the movie and Maui comes out and starts singing, thank you. And I was like, no. No, don't you come out here, Maui, and do your whole, oh, thanks for doing all the things. I was like, I can't handle a man saying that to me right now. <laughs> Just so I, I turned it off and I'm going to watch it for a couple months. And then I didn't. I was like, this is beautiful. <laughs> so I love I love Moana now. But for whatever reason, I couldn't get past Maui at first. And like now I'm like, I understand. He's got it. It's, a pet. it's like a whole thing. They did a much better background job on explaining like why he would have like some emotional issues going on than they ever did for Adam. But I definitely couldn't get past thank you for a bit. Now, of course, I sing along really spiritedly. But I do. I like the fact that they're not getting married. And I know it's I know it's a deliberate choice, right? Like, I know that the Disney company, especially after that book that came out over a decade ago, but like Disney, Disney ate my daughter. Cinderella ate my daughter. Yeah. Yeah, Cinderella ate my daughter. And so they're definitely trying to like push back on those motifs and go that way. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Give me princesses that have more agency, make it. So I'm trying not to give spoilers, but yeah, Anna has a more active role. Anna song in frozen two is my oldest daughter's favorite song. The next right thing. And did did I play that in my diversity class? I teach one day when we were having like kind of a down day last semester. Yes, I did. I was like, and now we're just going to watch Anna say the next right thing. I need a moment. And did we all just sit there and go, "Mm mm-hmm? Yes. So, yeah, these things, you know, they come up. I do think, I do prefer it. 
I think they've been doing it pretty well. So I guess it speaks to me because I don't think that marriage has to, like, I don't know. It's nice. Yeah. I like marriage. I'm married. Uh, <laughs> that sounded like such a resounding yay. But I don't like it when my stories assume that as a woman, that's what I want. Because it's never been what I wanted. I mean, yeah, I wanted to get married and had kids, right? But I also wanted to have, like, adventures and do cool things. And so I do like where we've kind of flipped mm -hmm. the script in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, my, like, my two favorite movie-going moments that I experienced, like, as, a, as an experience was when I saw The Force Awakens and I realized that it was awakening in a girl. Mm -hmm. And oh. then also, so I guess that, and this would have been like, what, four years before when I saw Frozen and I started to realize that true love was between sisters. sisters. Mm -hmm. And I was like, just like the, the best, the best, those two moments of the yes. sort of dawning, you know, that I couldn't really even imagine those, either of those scenarios in any movie that I'd seen, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, that, that it was just like slowly dawning on me that these, both of those things are happening. Yes. Um, obviously, you know, Frozen is, I just, I can't even take how, how good that movie was. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's still fantastic. And just even, you know, in the second one, you know, I had some idea of what that was going to be about. I'd heard about it on, you know, like on native Twitter and stuff. And then just one of my, one of my friends like texted me and he was all, did Disney just make everybody see a movie about indigenous water rights over Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's what happened. Like it was, yes. oh, I, I tell I, that story to my students, by the way, I'm like, you have to see Frozen too, because it's about indigenous water rights. You might have to see it. Okay, go on. Think oh. of that when you're eating your turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I and again, like another one of the sort of realizations where I, I knew that they'd worked closely with the the Salmi and stuff, but I didn't realize that I didn't I didn't realize that it was yes. kind of mm -hmm. yeah. using rhetoric from Standing Rock in order <laughs> to to explain what was happening. It was really amazing, and also fairly fairly diverse especially the second one mm -hmm. um in these ways that we don't necessarily see unless it's sort of marketed as a right. as a specifically uh you know working within a, a diverse community or mm -hmm. a marginalized community then of course my favorite movie of all time especially disney movie is going to be like moana mm -hmm. which that's my adult favorite movie adult mm -hmm. favorite and yeah just, you know she has chubby indigenous ankles you don't, you don't get you relate to her ankles so much. I, just, I know. I was like, her ankles are so chubby. Like, it just it felt so, it felt, I felt really seen at that, at that moment. And, and the, you know, and obviously like the music, everything about it is really, really good. And one of the, the things that Moana does that a lot of, that a lot of the other movies don't is that they are women breaking with tradition and actually Moana by restoring the heart of Tefiti is really sort of restoring tradition. And that exactly. blows my mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, so, it's goosebumps. the big queer crab. <laughs> <laughs> Shiny. <laughs> but yes, I mean, the way that I read Moana is the same. It's that, there has been sort of a 
penetration of and a, and a you know a theft. And Moana writes that wrong, you know, by replacing the heart and 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 restoring this Mother Earth, you know. Mm-hmm that was pillaged, you know, and I just think that it sort of maps out like a whole fall of patriarchy, like mm-hmm. imagines the fall of, of, or, or the undoing, maybe not the fall, but it kind of is this imagined um, reversal of that theft, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just blows my mind. It's just so good. <laughs> And, and it does, it just, it reinforces like these matriarchal cultures that I think for, especially those of us educated in the United States, we're educate the way the education system is set up in the United States, we're largely educated in Western European patriarchal culture, right? So, and then we have Moana, which is palatable to so many people because it's a Disney movie, but it's all about, hey, this is a matriarchal culture. Like, let's see what that means and what happens with a matriarchal culture. And so it just, it gives, I like Disney using its ability to reach a lot of people kind of with the indigenous water rights mm-hmm. and doing it very deliberately. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that's, that's great. And the music is excellent also. Oh, and you know what? If we're going to go back to my diatribe, Moana's song about um, the water, right? She wants to go and see where the water goes. And that's kind of like Belle's song about how she wants to get out of this poor provincial town, right? Yeah, yeah. But where at the end of Belle, where it's like, oh, she got married. Cool, cool. Right. Moana, that's, no, she's going to take over. They're going to become voyagers again. Like, they're going to do this stuff. And I'm like, that's right. This oh, is the God. type of thing where I think you can world build and be like, yes. Where are you going to go, Moana? How are you going to lead your people? Where, like, that, I think, Disney Disney fixed Beauty and the Beast or the the bad ending of Beauty and the Beast with with Moana by demonstrating, no, a woman can lead this voyaging group. And where's that going to go? There is absolutely nothing like that ending scene with the wind in her hair when she's on the boat. Like, it's just so good. It's just so good. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh God. I didn't I swore I wouldn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> we could definitely have Princess Part Two because I yeah. think we're winding down here. Mm-hmm. I mean running out of time. One of the things that I loved was reading, I think it was I don't even remember. I guess it was yeah, it was Frozen One when our colleague from grad school wrote um Anna Mae Duane wrote that essay on the queer, like the queer princess story of Elsa. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was phenomenal too. I mean, how that, like now I cannot watch Frozen. I cannot watch her coming out of the castle in mm-hmm. her sparkly dress without thinking about, you know, queer narratives. And I just think there's so much that they're doing and exploring and putting out there for this new generate these new generations that is it's just so awesome mm-hmm. yep pick that apart a little more next time because also queer crab <laughs> <laughs> i mean yes shiny <laughs> do we have any final thoughts do we want i mean we definitely can take this up again 
Yeah, I would love yeah. to do some deep dives into maybe some specific princesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we haven't even talked about the live action ones. Oh, yes. yeah. we, oh and, my God. Yeah, we, we missed, mixed over Mulan and just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, oh, my gosh. gosh. Who is also not a princess who becomes a princess, right? Mm-hmm. Right. What? Mulan? Mulan, yep. Yeah, she's, she's not a princess. Yeah, she's just from, you know, probably a sort of affluent family, right? But that's all she is. And then, right. and she doesn't even become a princess. Like, nor does she become a princess in her original story because it's only a few verses. And there's a, and if we're going to go into queer narratives and stuff, I mean, there's a whole, if you look, so you can listen to Lucy's footnoting history episode of Mulan, because there's a whole gender identity aspect oh, yeah. that goes into the shifting narratives over the centuries and even how yes. Disney did it and stuff like that. So we could definitely deep dive. Yes. And then, of course, there's the meta moments of like breaking Ralph breaks the internet um, with the princesses, which I just think always puts a smile on my face. And even Moana's meta princess moment when she says, I'm not a princess. He's like, you wear a dress and you have a sidekick. (laughs) I just I just always thought like that. That's just shows you that it's deliberate and it's tongue in cheek and they're, and they're thinking about these things and what their, what their messaging right. is. Or when Elsa says like, you can't marry someone you just met <laughs> and every, and every moment, the audience went like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. I think this was great. I think, yeah, it's really good. And it yeah. here, but I would love to continue this discussion maybe with a little mm-hmm. bit more specific times or whatever, but mm-hmm. uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining symposia Disney or to our listener. So thank you listener. Uh, we enjoyed having you here. And I guess, so again, this is Elizabeth signing off with Liza and Danica. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.